episode of On Your Mark. So excited to be coming to you guys today uh, with a new episode and opening up a new series, a new topic. Man, we have been uh, preaching and teaching on peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Man, that's that's such a powerful, powerful statement. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That means you have access to the type of peace that will utterly baffle the minds of those watching you. That means you have access to the type of peace that will so throw people off that they won't quite understand how when all things that are going on around you are going on around you, when everything that's coming at you is coming at you, how is it that you maintain your sanity? How is it that you maintain your stability? How is it that you maintain your peace? And the answer is it's not my peace. It's the peace Jesus left for me. It's the peace he gave me. It's his peace he gave me. It's the very peace that surpasses understanding. Everyone can understand why you at peace when there's nothing wrong around you. Everyone can understand why you're at peace when everything around you is peaceful. But but let there be a few things going on. Let there be some some uneasiness on the job. And 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 we don't know if our whole department is going to get eliminated tomorrow. Let it be some instability in the market. And we don't know what the finances are going to look like. Let it be some stuff going on around us. And then you still in the midst of that maintain your peace. Now people are looking at you like, wait a minute. We in the same situation. We in the same circumstances. How is it that you have peace when all this is going on and I'm scared to death? I'm frustrated. I'm agitated. How is it that you have peace? Well, frankly, because it's not mine. It's the peace that God gave me. It's the peace that Jesus secured for me. It's peace that surpasses understanding. I know you don't get it. I don't even get it, but I'm resting in him. That's the kind of peace we're talking about, man, we're talking about the kind of peace when the water is overtaking the boat and the disciples and Jesus are in the boat. And we're talking about the kind of peace that when the wind is, is blowing and the boat's about to overturn and it's about to be taken under by the water that every uh, all the disciples are freaking out. But Jesus is sleep at the stern on a pillow, on a cushion, man. That's the kind of peace we're talking about. How do we get that peace? That is what this series is going to be. Uh, focused on. That's what it's going to be surrounded by. How do we get that type of peace in our hearts, in our life? How do we walk in that type of peace that's going to secure for us a stability, secure for us a, a foundation, secure for us a, a sense of relaxation and calm in the midst of everything that's going on? Listen, I can't wait to jump into it. And uh, uh, today, I just want to begin to give us a, a structure or a skeleton by which we're going to be able to build on how we build and maintain this kind of peace in our life, in every situation, in every circumstance. I believe, I believe in my heart, man, as we go into this series on peace, I believe that we'll just be able to to, to walk into our marriages uh, in a different way. I believe we'll be able to interact with our children in a different way. I believe we'll be able to 
to maintain and function on the job in a different and better way. I believe we'll be able to handle things that come out of nowhere on us in a different way because we're going to open up our mind and our hearts to God's ideas of peace, to God's structure and and how God aligns things around us, put our putting our trust and our faith in him so that no matter what comes, we will have peace. Now, uh, we've been talking about peace uh, in, in, in our church here. Uh, for about two months, uh, we, we did a uh, piece for April and May. Uh, so if, if you want some more insight on peace, if you want to go a little bit deeper, if you want some auxiliary things to, to help you out, if you have not, uh, you certainly can go to uniquelifechurch.com. Uh, you can access all of our information. Our Facebook page is where a lot of that stuff is posted. Our YouTube channel is where those messages are uploaded. Uh, so certainly you have uh, access to, uh, to that information as well. But today, for our purposes today, I want to just begin to uh, to outline where we're going in this series. And I want to, I want to read because, you know, I, I, God is so vast and so big and, uh, and, and there's really no way for us to, um, to untangle or, or investigate him in any meaningful way that'll give us any type of real understanding and knowledge of him, unless he himself gives us that information, unless he gives us that knowledge, unless he gives us something that we can look at and say, oh, okay, okay, I see God. I see what you did there. I understand how you're you're um, leading me here. I understand what you're laying out for me to follow here. So I think it's so important that as we begin to to look for God, to study after God, to to be in tune with God, we understand right off the bat, he's too vast for our mind and, and all that we can grasp and comprehend of him and, uh, and, and anything we can get of him comes from him. I think that's the most important thing. With that being said, then we have to ask ourselves, what is it that God gave us to give us a glimpse, a, a, a picture, a, a piece of of his glory of his goodness of who he is how he operates uh, uh what he intends for our life and the answer to that would be his word it is the very word of god that is uh expelled and expressed and and uh, exhaled by god to man so we can look at his word and begin to understand okay okay i, I i'm starting to see a little bit of structure here i'm starting to see a little bit of how you maneuver and move in certain situations all right god i get it you tell me to love because by loving i get to show you and then you show up on my behalf in the situation so i don't have to worry about what people are doing okay god i get how you want me to interact with my wife because in doing so i'm showing forth your love and how you want my wife to interact with me because in doing so she's she's validating and showing how how, showing how much you care for us, even if we don't get it. Okay, God, I see how you want me to deal with my children because when I do this and I don't give in to them, but I put the right structures and, and lead them in your way, now you're able to then take hold of their heart and pull them up higher to things that you have for them that's better than anything the world has. So, so we get all of that by really diving in and understanding God's word. So that's why this is so important when we think about peace because we get a structure from God himself on how he begins to set things in order and do things and set things up in a peaceful manner. So I want to share this with you because I think that as we go into uh, really setting our life up and, and our lifestyle up 
for a peaceful existence despite the situation and circumstances around us, we need to really be able to grasp how God sets things up. And there's no better place than, than not even just the Bible, but the very start, the very beginning of the Bible, how, how God begins to lay things out. So I'm going to read uh, the first couple of verses of Genesis chapter one, uh, the first few verses talking about the beginning of things. Now, I want to be clear when it talks about the beginning of things, it's not talking about the beginning of God. God always was. He always is. He, he's always going to be. This is talking about him maneuvering things to set things up for our beginning. So so then it helps us get a little bit of a glimpse on his his mode of operations, how he set things up, because the, the thing we know about God is he does things that are good and, and not good in our sense of good, better, best, but good in the sense of complete, solidified, nothing added or subtracted would make it better. This is how he wants things to operate because he knows the very best way for things to operate. So I think it's so important when we start to think about peace, how uh, that we look at how God sets things up because that's going to give us an idea of if we begin to place things in order uh, according to how God places things in order, then all of a sudden it won't matter how disordered things are around us. We can still maintain our peace. So let me read this. Genesis chapter one says this in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God hovered over the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters, separating waters from waters. So God made the vault and separated the waters uh, under the, the vault from the waters above. And so it was God called the vault sky and there was evening. And there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered, gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so God called the dry ground land and gathered the water, uh, the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seeds bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seeds in it, according to their various kind. And it was so the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kind and trees bearing fruit with seeds in it, according to their kind. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let the let there be lights in the vaults in the sky let there be separated from the day and the night and let them serve as a sign to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be let them be lights in the vaults of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so God made two great lights, the great lights uh, the great light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from darkness and God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day and God said let the waters teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing which the waters teems and that moves around in it according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good God blessed them and said be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters in the sea and let the birds increase on the earth and there was evening 
There was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, their livestock, uh, the, cre the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so God made the wild animals according to their kind, the livestock according to their kind and all creatures that move along the ground according to their kind. And God saw it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky, all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food. And it was so God saw all that he made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. The sixth day. We know that on the seventh day, the Bible says that God rested. Then God goes into the account of how he actually created um, man and then took woman from man and created woman, how he went through that process. But here's what I want you to see. Every time in that process, at every step in that process, the Bible said, and God said. And as God said, then it became. Watch this. As God said, then it became. But I need you to see something very, very important here first. The Bible says that it was chaotic, that it was dark, that things were disordered. Let, let's go back to the first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. It means things were not put together. They were disordered. It was not uh, in a fashion that was fashionable for action or conducive for reproduction, for growth, for peace, for enhancement, for moving forward. Things were out of order. So watch this. The Bible says that in this formless and empty and dark situation, watch this. The spirit of God was hovering over the deep, over the water, over the chaos, over the disorder. The spirit of the Lord was the thing that was there to bring order. And, and if you don't hear anything else that I say in this entire podcast, here is the number one thing we are going to have to have if we are going to bring order to our disorder, if we are going to bring structure to our in structure, if we're going to bring stability to our instability, if we're going to bring light to our darkness, here is the number one thing we have to have. The spirit of the Lord has to hover. The spirit of the Lord has to hover. He has to be over our life. He has to hover in our place. He has to be over the chaos. He has to be over the disorder. He has to be over the destruction. He has to be there. We said it like this in, in the sermons that we preached that peace is not a thing. Peace is not situational. Peace is not circumstantial. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus Christ. If we want peace, if we're going to have peace, if we're going to operate peacefully, if we're going to have those things, we must have him.
It makes no sense, no sense at all to try to operate and function peacefully when we don't have the Prince of Peace. The spirit is not a it. The spirit is not a thing. The spirit is a person. It is the person of Jesus Christ. And when the Bible talks about the spirit hovering, what it's literally trying to get you to understand is when Jesus comes in, when the spirit comes in, it then begins to order that which is disordered. It begins to stabilize that which is unstable. It begins to bring structure to that that is destructed. It is a constructor. It is a thing that brings it together. It begins to organize things. So the very first thing, the very, the very essence of being able to have peace is to have Christ. It is to have the spirit of the Lord hovering over our life, in our life, in our heart. Without that, our peace is determined by the things around us. Without God, without the spirit of the Lord, without Jesus Christ in our heart, our peace is now determined by how peaceful things are around us. With the spirit, it begins to order things. It begins to, to structure things. It begins to stabilize things. And even in the midst of the stabilization, even in the midst of the ordering, even in the midst of everything else being put in place, we have peace, not because of the disorder, the destruction, the chaos. We have peace because we have the spirit, because it's hovering. It is keeping. And we have, watch this, we have such trust in God that we can rest in the spirit's doing while the spirit is doing even before the spirit has completed its work. In other words, I can have peace in my relationship because I have the spirit. Not that everything in the relationship is like it needs to be, but because I have the spirit hovering with me, I can have peace as the spirit does its work. I can have peace with my children, not because they're as obedient as they need to be, not because they're making the grades that they need to make, not because everything is going the way I, I, I want them to go, but I have trust and I have trust and faith in the spirit and I can now have peace while the spirit works. Somebody need to hear that for their marriage because you've been frustrated. You've been angry and agitated. And what and the word of the Lord is this. Take rest in the spirit. Have peace in God. Let God be your peace. Let the spirit hover. Let Jesus be your peace and then trust the spirit to do its work. Maybe the work is in you first. We're so we're so busy looking for God to do a work in else, in other, in them, in they, in stuff out there that maybe maybe what the spirit is trying to do is hover and do a work in us. And what's, what's funny is, what's interesting is, what's grand is, as we allow the spirit to hover over us, as we allow the spirit to do its work in us, as we allow God to maneuver through and for us, we now become peace in the midst of the storm. We now become peace because we have the spirit in us. God is more interested in being your peace than having things be peaceful around you. Oh man, come on now. <laughs> come on now. God, God is more interested than being your peace. Jesus is more interested in being your peace. The spirit is more interested in hovering over you than having things be peaceful around you. Because he'll fool around and make things peaceful around you and you never really recognize that it was him. But let there be chaos going on around you, but you holding on to Jesus. You said, man, if it wasn't for the Lord holding my hand, I wouldn't be able to stand the storm. Now you get to know him in a better, more intimate way. Now you got, now your peace is not circumstantial. It's not situational. It doesn't have anything to do with what anybody else is doing. 
Come on, man. Y'all, y'all on Facebook, y'all on Instagram, y'all on TikTok. Y'all see all the stuff. Everything has to be great and grand around us for us to have peace. Not so in the kingdom. Not so with God. God is saying, I want to be so strong in your life. I want to be so powerful in your life. I want to be so potent in your life that while strong winds may, may blow, you remain anchored in me. You are still strong. You're not tossed by every wind that comes. You're not moved by every wave that blows. You are fixed on me. You are affixed to me. The spirit is hovering in your heart so that no matter what comes, you are all right because your peace is in Jesus. We got to see that, man. We got to know that peace does not start outside of us. Peace starts in us. And peace can only get in us if it's in us, in a person of Jesus Christ. If we let the spirit hover, I think God is, I, I, I like to say this and I believe it to be true. The Bible is just one big grand statement after another, but the grand statement is usually followed by some sort of illustration or outplaying or outworking of what it looks like. So we have God doing this grand gesture of creation and then everything that follows is just an outworking of those creations. And then we're supposed to then take God's lead. And, and when he says be fruitful and multiply, what he's really saying is I've laid the foundation of what creation and, sub, and uh, subduing looks like. Now you go do likewise. Now you go make images and you go have kids and then you show them what peace looks like so they can then have so much peace that when they have kids, they show them what peace looks like. And when they go to school and when they go to the job, everything is just replicating itself because we're looking at the original and we see what he's done. We see what he's doing. And, and I think that's what God is doing here when he's showing us his mode of operation. His He's showing us his way of creation. What he's saying is, this is how I'm doing things. Now you go do likewise. That was the whole point of being fruitful and multiplying. And I think the very first thing we see him do, the thing that the Bible is, I believe, expressing to us is that we got to let the spirit hover. We have to allow the spirit of God to hover in our life. And then watch this, watch this. Once the spirit hovers, this is what it starts to do. It forms and then it feels. In other words, when we allow the spirit of God to come into our heart, when we allow the spirit of God to hover, when we accept peace in the person of Jesus Christ, now Jesus comes into our heart and he begins to form things before he starts to feel things. Now, now we talk about this and I talk about this a good bit um, and, and I'm going to go into it in more, more in depth in, in future podcasts. But but we have to stop asking God to fill us up before we allow God to form us up. We, it, it makes no sense to pour into cups with holes in it because you're going to lose everything that comes in. What God does is what the spirit does is comes into our life and start to set up structure and start to set up order and start to place things in place. Did, I, I read the scripture. Go back and look at it. Did you see it? The spirit of God came in and then the spirit started to form things. It separated uh, light uh, and darkness. It separated the waters uh, into the sky and then the waters down below. Then it separated the waters below into to water and dry ground. It did the forming first. And then it start to feel now let vegetation grow. Now let the fish swim in the, in the waters uh, below and now let the birds fly in the waters uh, or the sky above. Now let man be brought and wild beasts be brought on the dry ground. It, it didn't. The spirit of the Lord didn't put stuff in out of place. And a lot of times what what attacks our peace is the chaos around us because things are out of place. 
And what God is saying is let my spirit come into your heart accept Jesus into your heart. And now as the spirit is hovering, what the spirit does is it starts to organize things. It starts to order things. It starts to prioritize things. Now, instead of TikTok, I'm, I'm reading the Bible. Now, instead of Facebook and Instagram all the time, now I'm seeing what thus says the Lord, because I need that structure in my life so that when things aren't going the way they need to, I have a firm foundation. I have a well-organized and set up structure to deal with whatever's going on around me and maintain my peace in inside what God has formed. So now when he begins to pour things into my life, I can handle those things that are poured into my life because I've allowed the spirit to hover. I've allowed God to form. I've allowed the spirit to set up the structure and the boundaries and the ordering in my life so that now I can maintain what comes into my life because of what the spirit has done on the outside, on the outskirts, in the building part of my life. So I'm telling you, man, those are the things we have to first allow the spirit to hover. And when the spirit hovers, when we accept peace as a person in Jesus Christ, when we let the peace of God come into our heart and guard our hearts, when we allow that peace to, to rule and reign, then that peace comes in and starts to set up structure and orderings in our lives. It starts to set the proper priorities in our life. It puts things in perspective in our life. And then the, the feeling part doesn't become so weighty. It doesn't become so heavy. The things God bring into our heart and into our life doesn't weight us down, but but we can still maintain our peace throughout the in, in no matter what's going on. And watch this. Now, what happens around me is less important than what happens in me because I've been ordered. I've been structured. I've been set up properly. I can handle what's on the inside. So the outside doesn't get to spill in and cause me to be chaotic and cause me to be frustrated and cause me to be anxious and cause me to lose my peace. Because the spirit has done a work in me. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I believe this is the method. And this is what we're going to dive into as we go forward throughout this series on peace. I I'm calling it this commanding peace in your environment, commanding peace in your environment. How do you command peace into your environment? Let me suggest this as we close this particular podcast. If you want to command peace into your environment, you first have to allow the spirit of God to hover, accept peace in the person of Jesus Christ into your heart. And now then you can begin to command peace into your environment. Man, listen, I hope something has been said that has been beneficial to you guys today. Um, if there's anything we can do for you, as always, continue to reach out to us. Like, share, some, uh, subscribe to the podcast, send it out to folks who need peace in their life and uh, listen to it over and over and over again until you get it deep down in your spirit. Allow the spirit of the Lord to hover and be all that he wants to be in your life to set up, to organize, to orchestrate, to order and structure things in your life so that he can fill you up with all his goodness. And even in the midst of it. You maintain your peace. Listen, man, may you be blessed. May the blessings of the Lord make you rich and he add no sorrow to it. Uh, may you just see his hand of favor on you like never before. I pray again that something was said today that'll be beneficial to you. Uh, make sure and let us know how we're doing. Reach out and engage with us on our social media platforms. Until next time, let peace rule and reign in your heart, man. Commanding peace in your environment. Can't wait to dive deeper into this as we go forward. Until next time, know that I'm thinking about you. Know that I'm praying for you. God bless you. God keep you. And I love you.